Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of Ringing the Blues, live from High Wycombe Town Centre in the studios of Wycombe Sound. Busy old show this week, we've got the chairman Rob Kuhig talking about his trip here last week and that includes the latest on investment into the club. We recap from all the games from last week, Dale Taylor joins us on Wish You Were Here and the Wanderers TV Southwest correspondent Johnny King will join us at the top of the show. So, But let's kick things off with our usual trip to Mexico City to hear from Uri and Saturday's results. ringing the blues from Mexico City it's me Uri and here are the results for League One Bolton Wanderers nil Wigan Athletic 4 Barnsley 1 Oxford United 3 Blackpool nil Leighton Orient nil Cambridge United 2 Bristol Rovers nil Carlisle United nil, Exeter City 2, Charlton Athletic 2, Port Vale 3, Derby County 1, Fleetwood Town nil, Northampton Town 1, Peterborough United nil, Portsmouth nil, Cheltenham Town nil. This match had an incident that made news around the world. I'll tell you later. Reading 2, Stevenage nil. Shrewsbury Town nil, Lincoln City one, Wickham Wanderers nil, Burton Albion nil. Snoring. But well, we have an unbeaten streak of two matches already as we beat Leighton Orient in a midweek match. So, Cherbo is Spanish this week. You know, Exeter City played away at Carlisle United on Saturday. This is a really, really long way and nearly in Scotland. So it reminds me of that Proclaimer song. When I wake up, well, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be 500 miles away from you. So, Cherbo Spanish this week, I would walk 500 miles. How do we say five in Spanish? Five, cinco, five, cinco, then 500, quinientos. 500, 500 miles, millas, miles, millas, and walk, caminar, I would walk, caminaría, so I would walk 500 miles in Spanish, yo caminaría 500 millas, caminaría 500 millas por ti, so Cherbo Spanish this week, and yeah, that match uh, against uh, Portsmouth, against Cheltenham, do you know what happened? The linesman pulls calf, fourth official replaces linesman, then fourth official pulls calf, then play. Tanoi announcement for qualified refs in crowd. Cheltenham go back to dressing room. 
a fan in a Fred Perry to top steps in. Thanks to the Statsman Dave tweet, I knew about this in Mexico. This made news around the world. Amazing. It's the magic of League One. So that's all for this week and back to Ingerland with my amigo Phil Catchpool. Adios. Cheers, Uri. Wonderful stuff as ever. Right then, last Tuesday night, Wickham Wanderers under the lights in a beautiful summer evening at Adams Park. Here's how the action unfolded against Leighton Orient. Good evening and welcome to Adams Park. Live from the Bill Turnbull Gantry, I'm Phil Catchpole. You're tuned in to Wanderers TV and Wickham Sound 106.6 for full commentary of Wickham Wanderers versus Leighton Orient in beautiful August evening sunshine here in South Bucks. Scullin, cross comes in to the back post again, Lowe's up there and it's there! Debut goal for Joe Lowe! Brilliant stuff from the chairboys, what a cross by Luke Leahy! And on his first league start for the club, Joe Lowe muscles his way into the back post and his right-footed volley nestles in the bottom corner. Wickham Wanderers 1, Leighton Orient 0. Long ball over the top for Archibald is a good one. First time cross goes to the back post and it's there, the equaliser. Lovely ball in from Archibald. And Ruel Satoriu has equalised left-footed volley past Max Striek. It came from out wide. And the wide man from the right came in to meet the cross. First time. Wickham Wanderers one, late in Orient one. It's going. Lovely ball through to Taylor. Taylor's blocked off by the run. And that's a free kick on the edge of the area. What's the referee? It's a red. It's a red card. Taylor was had his run blocked off. The referee has deemed this to be a clear goal-scoring opportunity outside of the penalty area. He's produced the red card. And I'm just seeing which defender is it. It's Dan Happ, isn't it? Yeah, I think it looked like it was, and um, in my opinion, that's a correct decision. Taylor had got himself through on goal, and there was contact on him blocking him off. Whether he actually would have been able to get his shot off on goal, I'm not sure, but you never know whether he would have done or not, and I think the referee then has to give the red card, especially with the new rules where they're you know, becoming a little bit more strict on, on everything being given. I think that, that that is the right decision. Goes back to Leahy, digs out across. Taylor on the turn, narrow angle, puts it into Vokes. Vincent Young, can he get a shot away? He can't. He stays on his feet, but Wickham Wanderers win a corner. It's really good attacking play down the left-hand side. The corner's taken short. Luke Lee, he gets it back from Kane. Vincent Young goes to the back post. Lowe's there again, and he has scored again. Joe Lowe with a diving header in front of the terrace. And it's Limbs. It's Limbs in the valley end. Wickham Wanderers 2, Leighton Orient 1. Luke Leahy, a buffet ball, doubled up by Joe Lowe for his second for the Chairboys on his first league start for the club. Bring it on. Get in there, Joe Lowe. What a way to find yourself in the starting 11 for the first time in the league. And Joe Lowe has been absolutely imperious at the back. Lovely stuff as Taylor on the left-hand side. He's inside the area, he's looking for support. Gives it to Boys now. Boys, first time left foot, he crosses the peach to the back post. Clawed away, but only as far as McCleary. McCleary to score, and he turns. Narrow angle, and Taylor is there. The offside flag stays down, and Wickham Wanderers have gone 3-1 into the lead, and Dale Taylor has opened his account for the season. McCleary into Scoen. Scoen dropped a shoulder and rolled the ball across to Taylor. And there we are, Wickham Wanderers 3, Leighton Orient 1. Long yeah. throw into the box. 
Headed clear by Potts. Shot comes in, it strikes and hits the scene. It's in there. And Lauren are back in this one. A scrappy goal. The shot came in, it was tested down by Lowe and it fell nicely. Beckles is forward, it's not comfortable for Wickham. Potts, heads clear. Scoan is there as well. Wickham needs to get something on it and Lee, he does. And Lee, he sees the keeper off his line. He's got boys to his left. And Lee, he just chips it down and the whistle goes. Wickham Wanderers have got their first win of the season. A breathtaking game here at Adams Park. Leighton Orient played their part too. It finishes 3-2. It was 1-1 at half-time. The red card really brought the things to life. Wickham Wanderers made the extra man count and went 3-1 up, but Leighton Orient were dangerous on the counter throughout. They got it back to 3-2. The 10 minutes went up, and it's been tight. It's been edgy. It's been entertaining stuff. Wickham have played some great stuff this evening too. Late news, late and already assistant manager's just been shown a red card. Richie Wellens is lining up for his, and here it comes. Richie Wellens is sent off after the full-time whistle as well. And he's going back for more. I think he just wants to shake hands with the officials in, in what can only be seen as a, a sarcastic display of gratitude at the end there. Richie Wellens absolutely furious. Well, there you go. Never done at Adams Park, is it? Especially when the lights are on. After the game, I caught up with Matt Bloomfield. Oh, what a game. Um, yeah, uh, incident packed, wasn't it? A dead everything, sending off, goals, either end, late drama. Um, there was a goal map action. We could have had more um, than what we had. I thought we looked a real threat in attacking areas. There's other bits I'd like to tidy up a bit better, I think, to be honest. But um, I think relief around the ground. I think you could tell the last 10, 15 um, minutes that you know uh, the first win hadn't come yet and we were kind of getting a bit edgy and um, defending for our lives but it's, uh, it's certainly a relief to get that one on the board uh, Let's roll back right to the very start Joe Lowe first league start for Wickham Wanderers at centre back and, and a first goal as well and, uh, and that was great to get things rolling Yeah I think I said it after um, MK last, last Tuesday Joey came in um, on try- well, with a view to signing, he came to train with us. He was willing to take the chance to come and train in pre-season. We obviously played against him at, at Walsall last year when we were at Colchester, and he's impressed us in everything he's, he's done. Every challenge we've set down to him, he's, he's grabbed it. He's a level-headed boy. He just wants to play football and be the best he can be. Um, I love his outlook on life. I love his attitude. Um, you know, and after after the weekend, we we felt that this was the time to to give him his go in the league. And I thought he, he grabbed it with both hands. He's got to keep his feet firmly on the floor, but we know he will. Um, yeah, we're delighted to have him here with us. Orient took their chance in the first half, and it, it went in at one one at half time. What were your thoughts at half time at one one? Yeah, I wasn't very happy at half time. I must admit, I thought we got our press slightly wrong. I thought that it was a soft goal to give away in terms of the way we. Um, way we tracked the run uh, and then didn't mark in the box, so that was really disappointing. But I just I was pleased with the goal threat we had. I thought Dale looked lively all night. We know he's going to be a, a big player for us. You know, Sam's missed a lot of preseason, but it's you know really starting to look like like Sam that we know and love. Um, so yeah, I was I wasn't really too happy at half time. We made obviously made the decision to to bring on um, Freddie. It was a tough decision to leave him out tonight, but we wanted to go with the experience of Joshy and uh, Lukey in the middle of the park. And I just thought that Potsy would come on and give us that little bit of um, guile. You know, Killian's missed a lot of preseason as well with his um, at Palace. So we felt at 45 minutes it was just right to change shape and go to three in midfield and let uh, Freddie come on. And I thought the the ball he passed through to Joshy and then um, the way we created you know, ended up in a sending off. But Dale was through on goal. So 
yeah, it just it just felt like we needed something at half time, and I'm, I'm glad what we did paid off. Lit the touch paper that red card. What was your view on it? Yeah, I mean, it's a lovely pass. Potts has accepted it, passed it through the lines. You know, one of the main reasons we wanted him here was his ability to pass through the lines. Joshi playing slightly higher in the eight, um, again accepted and, and, and played. The, you know, two passes were through them, and Dale's through on goal. Vokes, he got out of the way, and Dale's through. Um, he got pulled back. It's, it's a red card. Um, I'm not sure there's too much to be discussed about that, if I'm honest. And we can make the numerical advantage count 2-1. That man again, Joe Lowe. Yeah, and, you know, he's a threat in the box. As we saw last year with his loan spell, he um, he does attack it. He's, he's a big boy, isn't he? You know, he's a, he's a big old unit and he's got a desire to get on the end of things. So um, it's good for him. I felt like we... It's just a shame we didn't have more because I felt like, you know, there's balls that flashed across. Lukey had the one that dropped to him. Dale at the front stick that just missed it. Um, so it was, we had Dale had another one where we pressed from the goal kick and won it back high up in their 18-yard box. So there was loads of near misses, um, but it was nice for Joe to get his. Uh, and then obviously it was great to see Dale get off the mark with the third as well because he's been so close a couple of times. He puts, he's just such a team player. Dale was, you know, we obviously saw him at Burton last year. We saw what a, a diamond of a boy he is. He just wants to come and do well for us. And I was, I was chuffed to see him get off the mark as well. Leighton Orient, though, didn't lay down. They brought the game to Wickham as well, certainly in that last, i say, 20 minutes, the, the 10 minutes at the end of the game, plus the extra 10 minutes added on. There were some nervy moments there. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they were great all night, Orient. I think they're a good team. We watched the game against Portsmouth on Saturday and, you know, um, Orient had some big chances, especially in the first half. They had some chances to, to go and get themselves on the score sheet. Um, so we knew it was going to be a tough game. They've obviously got the momentum of last season. They've got, you know, some good players. Um, retained some real good players added to the group as well so we knew it was going to be a tough test I thought they were very good and it was a really good uh, football batch both teams trying to play in the in the way that you know we both want to go about it I thought they dominated the ball at times so we had to stay strong in our defensive shape um, but I think that you know evening games here at Adams Park with under the lights and um, you know there's a zip to the pitch which gives it an extra edge and an extra pace to the game I thought the terrace was, was top tonight so thank you for the guys and big relief at the end to share that moment with them it's obviously been a, a testing couple of weeks but um, you know I just said to the boys there's no celebrations in there we've got we've got another game to go on Saturday and we've got to make sure we're ready to go and finally no Chris Farino in, in the squad tonight uh, any news on that? No, nothing. Just you know, Chrissy's missed a lot of pre-season again. He had his he had his wrist operation. He's you know, um, we've discussed his situation already a number of times. So we don't need to discuss it anymore. Uh, he missed a lot of pre-season. He's had a lot going on, um, and I felt that he was magnificent at MK last week. But the recovery from Tuesday to Saturday, when you've missed a lot of pre-season, it's the it's not that first game. It's the second and third that you you, you struggle with with your body. So um, we didn't want to make him an injury risk tonight. It was for his own benefit. We just felt that. You know, Saturday came around really quickly and he tired um, last half an hour and we, we felt that um, going again tonight um, would cause him more problems than it would solve. So we made the decision to leave him out. He's done a bit of fitness work. He'll keep himself going. He's a bit of fit and available. We love him, Chris. There's nothing untowards before people try and make something of it that it's not. It's really not that. We love him to bits. We want him here. We, want, we see him as a, a big part of our long-term future. Um, and um, and yeah, it was just a decision we had to make, and we felt that the right time was put Joe in, um, and that kind of played into the hands. We can't, you know, we don't want all experience, we don't all young. We need to try and get that blend um, right, and and we got to keep looking at that as we move forward. The, the gaffer there after the Tuesday night victory against Leighton Orient at Adams Park, and we've got Joe Lowe on Knowing Me, Knowing Blues as well. So get your questions in uh, via at WWFC official or at Wickham Sound. Get your questions in for Joe Lowe. Uh, we're filming that one tomorrow. Uh, lots of Leighton Orient fans were there, and it got a bit spicy at the end. Here's the opposition view, part one. 
Rich T. Wellen. We were really unlucky not to get something out of that game. I fancied us at 1-1 with 11 men, but the sending off killed us. There were some really good performances, and we passed it around as well as we did last season at times. We were just sloppy at the back, and you can't survive if you do that at this level. Watford, oh. We worked so hard, but it just wasn't to be. I think we had 73% possession at one stage. Wickham looked docile, but they still won. The referee was terrible, and their third goal was awful. But we never gave up, and our support was fantastic. I'm disappointed to lose, as always. But we played well and just need a break. We'll be OK, but I think we'll have a fight on our hands. Chicken Dansack. I've had enough of this effing season already. What with three players crocked before they've even kicked a ball for us, own goals, red cards and goals conceded willy-nilly, it doesn't bode well, does it? Shocking decisions were made tonight by our manager and our Sunday league goalkeeper. I preferred League Two anyway. Jake Lawton. Yes, we gave away some terrible goals and played with ten men for almost half the time, but still very nearly got something from the game. It would have been totally deserved too. We were the better side, even with ten men, and on another day we'd have taken at least a point. It was frustrating and annoying, but cut out the silly errors... And we will be fine. Kimru O. As a game, that was great. Really exciting. I think the O's show tonight that they'll do okay in this league this season. Oh, yes, there's lots of room for improvement. But some luck going our way would certainly be a big help. TWM01303. We were the better side by far tonight. Errors in our own box cost us yet again. The referee was shocking, but probably just incompetent, not corrupt, like the Premier League refs obviously are after that scandalous Man United VAR last night. Cheltenham swimmer. That sending off wasn't an obvious error, and other referees might not have given it. My issue is that generally over the 90 minutes, he favoured Wickham. I was sat with the Wickham supporters and I can't remember them complaining at the referee all evening. Mr Dobolina. The way the officials are spoken to on the pitch is appalling. In no other sport can you behave like that. I'm glad it's being clamped down on. Hopefully, a few weeks of finding out that words and actions have consequences will force players and staff to pipe down. Red in the face. As an O's fan, I thought that was a great game with both teams getting the ball down and playing decent football. No late challenges and, and no time wasting. Best of luck to Wickham for the rest of the season. The Reverend. <laughs> Even Wellens knows we're going to get thumped by Blackpool. So he's making sure he doesn't have to be there to see it. Martin Heverson. As a pro, Richie Wellen should know better and should set an example. 
I could understand it more if it happened during the game, but not on the pitch after the game is ended. It's just stupidity. It will no doubt cost him money and possibly cost the club too. Plus, of course, it means Matt Harold will have to take the reins on Saturday at Blackpool in very difficult circumstances. Great to hear Buster Merrifield being channelled there by the uh, Regional Accents Department. Right, coming up after these breaks, we'll hear from the chairman. Don't go anywhere. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply... quick reply, affects your concentration, and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. We could use this time to tell you that 89% of the UK population tunes into the radio every week, and every £1 spent on radio advertising delivers twice the audience of any other medium. Or we could fill this spot with your advert. Wickham Sound has a range of bespoke packages tailored to suit your budget and options to either create or send us your advert. Plus, a 10-minute interview to plug your company. For more information, go to wickhamsound.org.uk or give us a call on 01494 44 Advertising with Wickham Sound has never been easier. Thursday evenings from 7. The Wickham Wanderer Show is now in its fourth season and, as you'd expect, we'll continue to bring you match analysis and highlights from Phil. Joe Lowe's coming fight. to us, Phil. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow, it's my first touch of the season. I punched it clear. I should have caught it, right? I reckon you should have caught that. I reckon Max Triet catches that, Phil. We'll regularly hear from manager Matt Bloomfield. Of course, there's technical and tactical stuff that we've been working on that we would like to see, but in terms of what I want to see and have to see, it's all about the hard work, togetherness and, and team spirit, uh, and everything else comes off the back of that. As well as members of the current team. You know, we have discussions about how we're going to do it better, and I think the only way you can do that is by keep practising, keep learning, and, and hopefully then we'll, we'll get better and better with it. And ex-players. Everyone says that's as fast as I've probably run, and they're probably right. Yeah, I was just a... a motion-fueled moment there really just it was great because my dad is one of those people that gave me a lot of stick about not scoring as well so I just wanted to see him and rub it in we'll bring you news from in and around the club continue to follow Wickham Wanderers women and some things you wouldn't expect the brownies were top draw and don't forget you can catch up with the show via the podcast the Wickham Wanderers show only on Wickham Sound Welcome back to Ringing the Blues, live on Wickham Sound 106.6 FM and online around the world as well. Uh, coming up later on, we'll hear from Dale Taylor on Wish You Were Here and Johnny King joins us live from Plymouth, of all places. Uh, last week, Rob Kuhig was in town, though, and we caught up with him up at Marlow Road. Rob, here you are, back at Marlow Road. Uh, you've seen your first game in the flesh of the season. How, how are you feeling? I feel good. I'm, um, obviously, it was a pain not to be over for the first couple of games, uh, but it was good. Uh, the squad's magnificent. I really like what Matt has put together. I've told this to many people, including the team. This is a hand-selected club. Uh, Matt and I sat down in the middle of June, and he put on paper who we wanted, why he wanted them, and has executed on the plan. And I don't think there's a 
half a dozen managers throughout all the leagues that would have the courage to say, here's what I want, here's how I'm going to go get them, and then execute. And just have a little bit of a, a light on your trips over. So these are busy times for you. What was on your list as you landed at Heathrow this time around? Well, remember, I have my custodian with me. She, uh, she's a little nervous because the doctor's permission I got to make the travel may or may not have been a, a fully go get them tiger sort of deal. So we wanted to be a little circumspect in what we've done. But uh, obviously we got here, we went to the match, we came by the, the training ground. That was on Tuesday. Yesterday we were in meetings with the staff. We, I, I had to go to London to deal with some issues that are peripheral to the club uh, and ended up back at home at 7 o'clock. So it was a 7 to 7 day. Today we got started a little later. We started at 8.30. I was over at the training grounds uh, or the uh, stadium to meet with our people. Let me just give you a kind of update on that. I think the food and beverage transfer, and I love Will to death, but this is a different experience. I think by making the change, we've been able to hold prices uh, and in some cases reduce them, and people have appreciated that. Uh, And so we're very happy with that. Our ticketing program is now second to none in the the country, uh, and I think Ryan and Ben have done a magnificent job with that. I was able to come in this afternoon, uh, meet with with Matt. uh, Matt and I, in fairness, we talk three times a week, uh, and... We talk about the composition of the club, uh, the budget, as you would know. I'm never far from my heart, but they've done magnificently with it uh, and how the club's doing and what we can do to help him. And then I got a chance to finally meet some of the players that we brought in. And I, I, I make a point of I'm not their best friend, and uh, I don't make an evaluation ever about the, uh, the players or their tactics or the like. Uh, but I like to know them as human beings because the Wickham way is a real thing. We want legitimate, good citizens for us. Um, selfishly, it makes it easier to coach. wasn't very relaxing on Tuesday. Great result, great game, but very nervous at the end. How were you dealing with that? Horribly. I mean, <laughs> you know, I kept, I legitimately, Missy was talking in my ear, and at one point I said, you can talk again and we'll converse, once we're up by two goals. So we go up by two goals, and she says, well, you said I could talk. Here's, here's what I wanted to talk about. And then, bang, we're back to one. I said, I don't know if that was a gift or a curse. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, how exciting. But the club plays so well. And, you know, they, they got it. It's hard, and sometimes we have to remember this. The other 23 teams are actually trying as hard as we are. They're making quality judgments. They're, and so the difference between winning and losing is only this much. And what we have to work on is making sure it's this much in our favor. Uh, I think Matt's got the right thing, but uh, games like Tuesday scare the hell out of you. Well, there's another game coming Saturday at Adams Park. Uh, you'll be there for the whole match there as well, wandering around and, and fans can come have a chat with you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. We got a chance to go up uh, with the... Uh, uh, the the folks at now the Legends Lounge, which is a, I'll give you, and i got to give Neil Peters credit on this. Last year for this equivalent game, we sold two tickets in the, in the lounge. This year it was 40. We're having a big day on Saturday. I'll come up and just shake hands and 
and answer direct questions from people. Got a chance to go into the terrace, though, before the game. And, and our 1887 guys, is it, uh, am I pronouncing that yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. They are terrific. And it is, you can tell the difference in the vibe from the place. And they should be congratulated and, and thanked. Uh, and the more people can get behind them. I don't think most fans realize, I certainly didn't, how important the supporters are to the club. But I have a chance to talk to the guys on the club individually all the time. And the first thing that they will tell you is they can legitimately feel the difference. And when that terrace is pumping up and going after it, they know something good's getting ready to happen. Or if something bad has happened and the terrace is still supporting them, great. What we have to do now is get the folks on the Frank Adams stand to join in and a few more folks. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be a great season. Well, it was a great atmosphere Tuesday night as well. But the club have listened to the fans. This focus group in the summer, removal of the paint, etc., the drum coming back too. These are all big indicators as well. And it seems like the whole fan base is really starting to unite. It really was. And I, I have to say this, and I know you've mentioned it and Matt has. Everybody was so gung-ho for that first game. And then, woo, five minutes in, all, all the airs out the balloon. But the important thing is resilience. And we show a great deal of resilience, and we're going to be fine. And, yeah, we do listen. I think we, we encourage people to speak up. Uh, I don't think that there's another ownership group that's more, I wouldn't say attuned to what the fans want because everybody's got their own judgment, but more willing to listen to what the fans have to say. Now, we reserve the right to disagree. Uh, as I told the group um, before the start of the game, if they kept it up, I'd have my brother Kevin come over and have him have a discussion with him. But He's busy playing football manager, isn't he? he <laughs> Kevin, Kevin is one of the most knowledgeable people you'll ever meet about English football, so, and has been for, for a long time. But no, it's, look, it's a lot of fun. And the fans pay for it. The guys I sometimes have trouble listening to are the guys I know who don't go to the games and have a, an opinion. But our job is to listen to everybody, not necessarily do what they suggest, but make sure that we've thought about what they've suggested. Uh, you talked about outside investment uh, last time we spoke to you as well. How's that progressing? Uh, very well. Uh, I want to be careful how I talk about it, but we're well along the way. Uh, I think that it is not an understatement to say that the opportunities that Wickham provides are second to none in the EFL now. We are a club that is well run off the pitch, well run on the pitch. We have a history of doing things well. So we have been approached by, we, we, we set up what's known as a data room where you can, if you're a legitimate potential investor, you can come in and look at everything. And we've probably had 10 different groups, solid groups, look at it. All have expressed a very distinct interest. All are at various stages in it. Our job is going to be select the right one at the right time for the future of this club. Uh, and, and, I mean, there's a certain degree of satisfaction in uh, and that we do it. One of the good things, though, is that we're not anxious. We don't need it right away. So that gives us a lot of latitude to say, Phil, you're not the right guy. Matt, you are. Uh, 
because we want to make sure it's the right people who understand the chemistry of the club, the past of the club, and more importantly, in many ways for me, the future of the club. One of the hardest things we've had to do is get people to stop living in the past and start thinking about the future. The Blue Sunglasses are back. Welcome to the third episode of Wish You Were Here. And fresh after opening his goal-scoring account for the Chairboys, this week we've got Dale Taylor. Dale, Richard Key, Keo put you in for this because he said he's old. He wanted to know what younger people do on their holidays. So, uh, uh, what's your idea of a what's your idea of a great holiday? What would be your favourite holiday? My favourite holiday would probably be Orlando because I went with all my family. Um, even though I was still young, I can still remember all the things we've done. Um, We've done all the water parks, the amusement parks, and I think growing up as a kid, I think that's very special to do, do you know what I mean? Family holidays. Family holidays, yeah. So did you do the beach as well? Did you go to Disneyland, or is it just... Yeah, I've done, all, done them all. Um, Disneyland, Universal, and all them, that was, it was good, to be fair. And now you're that bit older now, what's the, uh, what's the ideal... To, if you're going away with your mates, what would that be like? Where would you go? <sighs> Probably a beef, I think. Um, I think that would be just something on the bucket list to do with all the lads for a good laugh. Um, so I think that would be up there, maybe Vegas as well. Nice. Uh, bucket list holidays in the bucket hat. If you're on the beach, would you wear that bucket hat? Um, yeah, I would wear it, to be fair. Available in the shop, get yours. <laughs> you can look like Dale Taylor too. Uh, when you are relaxing, is it is it a proper... Because obviously the, it's a physical strain of a football season and all the training... When you are on holiday, is it literally like sun lounger or you are an activity holiday? Um, I went away with my missus there to be fair and went to um, Mallorca and it was just a chilled holiday to be fair, like kick the feet up and, and relax. Obviously when you do a long season, it's the only thing you really want to do is, is take a bit of time and just kick your feet up for a while. Now Richard Keogh says he reads books by the pool, he said he was quite old school. What do you do to relax when you're by the pool? Probably sip me a cocktail or something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wouldn't be reading books. Um, not really into reading books, like. But um, no, it just depends. Anything on around the pool or something, or talking to talking to my missus to keep me occupied or something. But um, no, I wouldn't read no books. And what about an activity holiday? Uh, Keezy was saying he can't wait to go skiing once he finishes playing football. What about you? Yeah, see, to be fair, I think I would like to try skiing as well. Um, obviously, being a footballer, it's, you can't really go and do skiing if you if you wanted to. Like, um, but no, I think that would be in my bottle list as well to go go doing skiing skiing somewhere. And, and we talk about holiday destinations, but Ireland and Northern Ireland as well, beautiful part of the world. Do you ever get to go home and, and class that as a holiday? Well, we <laughs> class that as a holiday. It's always raining. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but no, it is. It's it's nice to get back home when you do. To be fair, um, Northern Ireland and Ireland, Dublin. Um, Dublin's a really nice place. I don't know if you've been like, but um, no, it's very nice down there as well. To be fair, I'd love a trip to Dublin. Definitely, it's not very relaxing though, but yeah. it's a good holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to go on Christmas. To be fair, like. and we've got to talk to you about the football as well because 
you've got your first goal for the chair boys this week and we're playing Burton Albion who you played for last season as well so that's going to be a big game for you but talk to us about that feeling of scoring in front of the terrace against Orient the other night No obviously I had a, I had a few chances that I should have put away before um, the goal but no obviously the score in front of the fans from the first goal for the club is, is massive for me um, it's always good to get off the mark earlier rather than later if that makes sense um, but no the fans were amazing and I really enjoyed it, to be fair. Uh, one final question for you. Uh, Keezy put you in the hot seat. Who's the next chair boy to talk about their dream holidays? I will put Brax. OK, yeah. we're going even younger. Yeah, well, we'll get Brax in um, and see what his experiences are like. There we are. Wish you were here. Dale Taylor, coming up next week, will be Kieran Brecken. Enjoy training. We have to get the hat back, I'm afraid. No worries. <laughs> Dale Taylor looking very good indeed in a bucket hat and looking good on the pitch as well. Uh, but Saturday, Burton Albion, one of his former clubs, are in town for the Saturday fixture at Adams Park. And here's what happened. Stuart Lewis joined us in the commentary box. Lee Heath for the free kick, then for Wickham Wanderers. Left-footed, tappers Ollie's forwards. Joe Lowe is there as well. Two goals on Tuesday. They take it short into Josh Gowen. Lee, he uses the angle again to clip it in towards Lowe, gets it across, and it's oh. a good save by the keeper, it's still not clear. And Sam Vokes in the six-yard area, the keeper's made himself big. Big, big chance for the chair boys there. Ball headed down towards the midfield area where Josh Goen gets it back for Wickham, and now Lee, he has the pitch open up nicely for him. He goes left to Harry Boyce, Boyce cross comes in. This time it's King Vincent oh. Young, heads the ball two yards wide, and Wickham Wanderers knocking on the door early on. Okay, Vincent Young to Scoen in the box. Scoen goes out wide, cuts it across, looking for Taylor. Almost a replay of Tuesday night's goal. Scoen is getting into some really good positions down that right channel. Now Tapazoli switches it, goes wide to Vokes. Vokes heads the ball down, drops to Kane. Vincent Young, edge of the area, tees it up to Vokes on the volley! Oh. Just past the post, wonderful strike. I think the keeper's got a fingertip to that as well. Scoen looking for Phillips, that's oh, a good turn. And then he pokes it through to McCleary, lovely ball. McCleary, edge of the penalty area, Handler getting in there, Handler! Oh, brilliant save, offside flag goes up. Offside flag goes up as Handler doesn't find the back of the net from four yards. McCleary's ball across was a buffet ball, wasn't it? Just needed to get something on it. He did, and we all expected the net to bulge it, but the keeper, I don't think he knew much about it, but has pulled out a great save. 45 seconds left of the minimum of 10. Can Wickham find a chance right at the death? Potts. Into the box. It's a live ball to Hanlon. Hanlon back to goal. Spins, turns. Brandon Hanlon. Brayford steps across. Great defending by John Brayford. Every second of his experience used there as Hanlon tried to buy a yard. Wickham have a throw on the far side. Finishing the game with their tails up, Wickham. Can they find the goal? Boys into the box. Farino. Well marshalled by Oshelaja. Burton clear. Everyone back for Burton. Killian Phillips, the space on the left-hand side. Wickham Wanderers trying to get players into the box. Phillips with a cross. Headed clear. Headed down again by Phillips this time. Boys has made the run forwards. And the referee blows his whistle. And despite the strong finish, Wickham couldn't find a way through, Stu. And ultimately, disappointment at home. Yeah, I think both, both sets of players. Uh, second half, it was... They look physically on their knees at the end here, Phil. I think uh, 
probably the game the game schedule and, and the relentlessness of the league has caught up with, with both sets of players. But probably Burton are, are probably happier with the point. Um, Wickham will, be, will rue the chances in the first half where Vokes could have scored and uh, there was real dominance. But second half was a little bit fragmented from both teams and probably on reflection a point. And Dino Maria has just been sent off. <laughs> well, Dino Maria sent off after the final whistle. Second yellow. Uh, and he's getting his money's worth now because now he's been sent off. He's still screaming at the referee. And Jake Caprice is trying to hold back Dino Manria, which is no easy task, let me tell you. Uh, which means we will not see Dino Manria after the game because he won't be allowed to speak to anybody. Uh, a, a whole section of stewards is coming across. And for the second game, second time in a week, the opposition manager sent off. Uh, unfortunately, we can't bring you news of goals. Uh, I'd rather be talking about goals than red cards. Uh, Stuart, it's been great to have you up in the commentary box for your insight. Great to see you back here at Adams Park. You're welcome any time, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us, Phil. It's been brilliant coming back here today and seeing some old faces. And uh, Unfortunately, didn't get to see a win, but um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant experience for me and my family. And uh, hopefully I'll get back some stage this season. After the game, we caught up with the chairboys, Gaffer, Matt Bloomfield. Gaffer, a, a tight one, nil-nil here in front of the home fans. Yeah, um... Um, I'm proud of the performance. I'm proud of the way we're going about our business. I'm proud of the way the boys are taking on the messages. I thought in the first half we were very good. Um, had a real goal threat about us. I thought the goalie made a couple of really, really good saves. Um, and sometimes that's the way it's been. You know, the hardest thing in the world to win football matches, and it's um, and it's there's no divine right. You know, I felt like we were on the front foot. I felt like we were in, in the ascendancy, and no two halves are, are ever going to be the same. And it's kind of it's hard to replicate that after the first half, the way it went um, with. Um, with the way it went for us so we tried obviously we made some changes brought a bit more uh, energy about us it's been a long uh, you know a lot of games in the first couple of weeks and I felt like we started to flag a little bit last 20 minutes but we had another rally at the end and um, on another day maybe could have come away with a, with a point they say goals change games but if we can go in front early in that first half when the chances came then you'd think you'd go on from there of course I think that yeah, obviously, you know we've had I think 15 shots, nine on target today. So we've we've got to be pleased with those kind of figures. Um, you know, Vokes he's had a couple of big chances first half. The one he's hit on the half volley was an unbelievable um, shot. Great save from the goalie. He's had one come across. I thought Sam offered a real good threat for us this afternoon, and, and Dale off him. Um, and it was kind of a, I suppose it was a lot of nearly moments for us today. Um, but I'm proud of the performance. I'm proud of the boys and. Um, we take the point and we move on. We've seen a lot of substitutions as well. Is, is that indications of, of the disjointed pre-season that many of the boys have had? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. We're having to do some pre-plan and we're having to do some uh, in the moment, which obviously makes it tough. The boys are still building up their fitness. We're, we're in-game um, practices for us because we missed out on the pre-season. Um, obviously, with all the extra um, time that we're playing as well, that obviously is a factor. You know, I feel for the officials because there's, you know, it feels like there's loads of new rules for them. Um, and, and it's slightly inconsistent at the moment how much they're being implemented. So um, I think we've got to be proud of the way we're trying to um, go about our business, trying to embrace the new rules, embrace the way the game is going. Um, and so we, 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 we learn from it and we make sure we keep moving forward. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Get the most out of your busy routine with new Skechers hands-free slip-ins. No bending over, no tying laces. Just step in and go. These are the Skechers that get you out the door quickly, comfortably and fashionably. Skechers hands-free slip-ins. Innovative footwear suited for every walk of life. Find your perfect pair at Skechers in the Eden Centre High Wickham. 
There's a two-hour blast through six decades of soul, 50 years of funk, and, well, look, the soul from the Motown era, proper disco tunes from the 70s and beyond, plus jazz funk and loads more. All back-to-back, non-stop for your grooving pleasure. <laughs> Tuesdays at 10 on Wickham Sound, 106.6 FM, the Funk and Soul Archive, with Nick Keir. Welcome back to Ringing the Blues, live from Wickham Sound Studios in the centre of the Chair Metropolis. Coming up, we've got our Southwest correspondent for Wanderers TV, Johnny King. But first, we've got to hear from the Brewers fans, all 141 of them who made the trip on Saturday to Adams Park. Uh, they were pleased, I think, to get a point and had a few things to say about their manager too. It's the Opposition View, part two. Edward Walker. A dull game overall, but a big improvement. It were a stellar full debut from Crocom in goal, but not one man in yellow put in a bad performance today, considering Burton have lost their last four league games at Adams Park. We'll happily take that. Fred Andrews. We was absolutely mauled in the first half, but by some miracle it remained nil-nil, so we're still in it. It were a poor performance again, but an away point at Wickham is never easy. We need to try and match the other relegation battlers, and this point keeps us in touch. Performance aside, a first point on the board and a clean sheet is most welcome. Mikey boy. I saw a Brewers team giving everything to bring back a point in a tough away fixture. It were a hard one point in a battling performance. We're up and running. Shinka. I'll happily take that point and a clean sheet. We were much better today and what a top performance from Crocom in goal. Gee, Wassie. A very good performance today from the Brewers. Our shape was miles better and we kept a clean sheet. I would imagine we'll get a few players back from injury in the next week or two. On paper, we have a good squad, so now it's time to build on today's solid performance. Kyle. In the second half, we were a lot, lot better. (laughs) But still a long way off what you would expect, in my opinion. But I'm trying my hardest to be positive. David, WT 1997. Crocom was the best player on the pitch and deserves a run in the team after today. With a striker on the pitch, we'd have probably have converted one or two of those chances, but we go through the tough times together to make the good times feel even sweeter. Today, hopefully, shows us there's light at the end of the tunnel. Go again, Saturday Brewers. Popside Pete, 59. Apparently, Dino Mamria was sent off for two yellows, one during the game and another one after the final whistle for asking the officials about some dubious decisions. Ian McGibbon. It's about time the authorities did summit. I don't see how difficult it can be to learn how to behave. Dino was also booked in a previous game, weren't he? It's like continually going 60 miles an hour in a 30 limit and then wondering 
why you end up with no license despite numerous warnings. Inside left. Ma'am Rhea's behaviour on the touchline is poor and an embarrassment. It always has been. He does himself no favours and really needs to look at it. In the last home game, he were yellow carded for gesticulating and effing and blinding at the referee and the fourth official. The amazing thing is, he just took the yellow card and carried on doing it. Of course, people will say, it's fine, it's passion, he cares, etc, etc. But we don't accept it from Steve Evans and Joey Barton et al. And Dino's no different, if not worse. I couldn't see anything in today's game to get that irate about. Come on, DM, have a think. Uh, the opposition view always good thank you to the regional access department and vital lynn uh once again and dare i say uh, the voice of reason from some football fans this week uh even some of the late orient fans praising wickham wanderers for their style of football whatever next well let's chat to a wickham wanderers fan uh johnny king is our southwest correspondent he's the finest trumpet player in plymouth who's also a wickham wanderers fan uh, it's a great title uh johnny you are live on ringing the blues please do not swear how are you? Evening, Phil. Don't worry. I won't swear. I'm not typing, so I'll be all right. <laughs> um, I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very excited, mate, because Saturday I get to work with you in the commentary box because you're coming to Bristol Rovers to cover the magnificent chair boys on the road at the Memorial Stadium. Uh, I use the word stadium in, in the loosest possible sense here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a kind of a shanty town with a bit of green in the middle, but... Now, as Joey Button rightfully says, it's a fantastic ground, much better than Adams Park, and it is an honour that we get to go. <laughs> uh, we should actually talk about our travelling fans, because there's only 500 tickets available in an open terrace. Uh, no seating, which I believe is against EFL regulations. They're having some sort of rebuilding work going on. It's not been done in time for the start of the season. So uh, we, we might have some more listeners uh, and viewers on Saturday, due to the fact that many people can't travel. In fact, the club even requested... Uh, a beanback facility because for our uh, our DSA, Disabled Supporters Association, were going, planning on going. They can't go because there's nowhere for them to go. So uh, it's not the ideal situation, is it? But we might get some more listeners out of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a shame. And, and the train strikes as well, which is going to really have a massive impact on travelling supporters. And um, and, it, and it, a massive, massive shame for our Disabled Supporters Association. I know there's a lot, a lot of hard work has gone into getting that going over the last 12 months. And I'm... My heart does go out to them because it's 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 not right that they're missing missing out on the game because of this. But every cloud has a silver lining, and they can enjoy our dulcet tones on Saturday. So you know, maybe, maybe they're, they're they're doing even better. You don't have to go to Bristol, and you still get to watch the game. It's win win. We might just have made their life a lot worse if they realised the, the true horror of the situation by having to listen to us. Uh, Wickham fans will see though Wickham Wanderers wearing red and white. On, on Saturday as well, which will be very exciting. I wasn't a fan of the gold in inverted commas kit. Uh, we had a dreadful record in it. I'm very hopeful for uh, this red kit. It looks wonderful. The, the, the new kits from Hummel are absolutely beautiful. The red one is is lovely. There was a bit of uh, worried talk about how much we'd actually even see the team wearing it. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear that he's going to be getting an outing and hopefully we'll have uh, a much better record in it than we did the did the gold kit. Yeah, red kits down the years with Wickham. Uh, there's been some great moments, hasn't there? Uh, so I think, and also, there's, 
you'll appreciate this on Saturday from the commentary box as well. They're just easier to spot the the the, the sandy kits or the gold kits. I couldn't pick out from the crowd, and and I'm thinking, well, if I can't see it, then maybe the players in a bit. I don't understand like Alex Ferguson here uh, when Man United played in grey and couldn't see each other, uh, but th- th- that may have played a part. What do you reckon? Yeah, quite possibly, and um, I think. Yeah, knowing now that we had such a bad record in it, I think we'll definitely we'll definitely claim that was what it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no excuses now. When when you're wearing bright red, it, it's like when you wear you know bright yellow boots. You've got no excuse. You've got to play well. So um, yeah, hopefully we put on a good show. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, let's talk about the fanzine, Johnny. You are the editor of the Wanderers fanzine. Uh, I didn't get a chance to buy one. Is there any left? I believe there is. Unfortunately, I couldn't make the Burton game, but I believe there are some still left. And they'll be on sale for our next Saturday home game, which I think is not till September the 9th now when we play Cambridge. But there should be some on sale. Um, but I would recommend to people that if you did miss out on a copy, get, come by early uh, for the Cambridge game because there might be sort of limited stock left, I'm afraid. It's always a fantastic read. What's in this week's episode? Or edition, sorry, for print. <laughs> um, oh, it's put me on the spot. I, I edit and I can't remember it. Um, Come on, you just throw this together, don't you? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. 4 a.m. on the day we go to print. Um, there is, as well as all the usual features, there is um, a look back at some... It's a bit of a tough read. There's a look back at some of the players who have slipped through our net over the years, um, uh, which is so, yeah, you kind of read back through your fingers, maybe. Um, and there, but, uh, another important one um, is the announcement of the winner of last season's Nolan Award, which is timely because it is a bit of a spoiler, but it's uh, it's Joey Barton who we're going to be seeing on Saturday. So um, um, you have to, you might have to protect me if he come look if he comes looking for me after the game. It's a great award in football, the Nolan Award. Uh, can you describe to our, our listeners who are unaware of the Nolan Award what it is? Sure, it, it was inspired by Kevin Nolan after he went on a magnificent rant after a, after a game against Wickham, and um, I thought we, we need to honour this. So the Nolan Award was invented. Um, and it's an award for the angriest opposition manager of the season. Unfortunately for Kevin Nolan, that season, when, when he had it in his grasp, and then out of nowhere, Harry Kuehl just blew him out of the water right at the end of the season with a, an even better rant. So he, we, the award that we especially created for Kevin Nolan, he ended up coming runner-up, which I mean, there's something, something poetic about that maybe. But um, yeah, the, the winner always gets a £5 book token to spend on the type of their choice. So um, it, it's worth winning. Absolutely. And I, I remember Kevin Nolan had to, to look Kevin Nolan in the eye there and, and come to terms with that disappointment, but he got over it eventually. Uh, but Joey Barton, is he, so he's getting a book token, is that right? I mean, he's, he's a man of poetry, I believe. Um, he says he is, yeah, and a man of Nietzsche and, um, and all that. We'd, actually, we broke with tradition this year. We, he didn't get a book token. We've made a donation to Refuge instead. So, um, <laughs> yeah, not, not spending £5 on Joey Barton. Derek Adams, fine, but not Joey Barton. Wow. OK, uh, let's talk about managers because Wickham Wanderers are on a hat-trick of managerial red cards. Uh, Richie Wellens sent off last Tuesday night at Adams Park. Dino Mamria following on Saturday. Are we going to make it a hat-trick with Joey Barton on, on Saturday at the Memorial? I mean, morally, I shouldn't recommend people put bets on things, but <laughs> if you were going to, you would, wouldn't you? Um, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's not known for being particularly... Um, calm in just any situation ever so I think there's a yeah 
fairly strong chance that he will get his marching orders, if if not during the game, then on the full-time whistle. I mean, Wickham really can't claim any credit for this. It is down to the referees and also the new laws that they are implementing. Uh, we heard Spurton fans there sort of bemoaning the behaviour of their manager, uh, Dino Mamria. What, what's your take on it? Do you think the managers are going to smarten up a bit on the touchline when they realise they're going to get fined and banned? Yeah, I think so, and I hope so. I mean, we kind of enjoy it a bit, don't we? And sometimes we, we want our own managers to go and um, have a bit of a word with the ref at full time. But I think it is it's generally better for the game if this kind of stuff is phased out. And, and it, I think it is going to take a few managers, a few uh, a few red cards before they kind of get it get it into their head. And I think, I mean, Joey Barton does love a word with the ref at full time, from if memory serves. So um, it might take him about... I don't know, three or four seasons to get the hang of it, but he'll, he'll get there. I've been led to believe just merely approaching an official after the full-time whistle was a yellow card. Uh, Richie Wellings did a fantastic Liam Gallagher impression when approaching the referee last Tuesday uh, and then was shown the card. Uh, I've been told by Matt Bloomfield uh, off the record uh, that the reason managers do that with the hands behind the back thing is because if they seem to raise their arms at all, then that's also a yellow card. So that's why they do the Liam thing. So last bit of insight there from our own gaffer. Yeah, it's, that sounds a little... Uh, yeah. I, you want the referees to use a bit of discretion in those in those um, situations. Um, maybe if the arms at an unnatural angle, like with, uh, with like with penalties. But um, I mean, if that's what it takes to kind of phase out the bad behaviour, then so be it. But it does seem a little bit over, overkill, in my opinion. Well, which front man would you uh, mimic to approach a referee? There's a question for next week, uh, Johnny. Looking forward to Saturday. Are we going to get some absolute commentary gold dust for you in the in the commentary box? I hope so. And if you don't get it from me, you're definitely going to get it from Phil. So tune in. All right, I hope you bring some sweets, mate. Johnny, I'll see you Saturday. Right, that's it for this week's show. We'll be back next Tuesday, just before the Sutton game. But join us on Wanderers TV for the game at Bristol Rovers on Saturday.